0: Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I want to remind you the Innings Festival is back. Two day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vetter, Weezer, and so much more is at Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets are on sale, but if you go to the contest page at KTAR.com, you get full details and a chance to win tickets. Um, I read some of these headlines earlier. We talked about the, the intentional giving. I've, t- I've talked about St. Mary's Food Bank and their need for turkeys right now. Um, but also there are a lot of great organizations out there. And I think now more than ever, it's important. But I want to focus a little bit more on what's happening to American families and you find yourself at different places in life. And I remember, I remember what it was like to live paycheck to paycheck. I remember living in a situation where I lived hand to mouth. A lot of it was my own doing. Let's be honest. I, I overspent, I, I spent what I had and uh, that was kind of the way I, I lived. But before that, when I was younger, we lived very, we had a very meager existence. My mom worked three jobs in order to raise three teenage boys that would eat anything at the moment it hit the refrigerator. And so we spent some time and it was tough. We, never realized it i think that your situation of normal for your family when you're a kid normal to you is just what everybody goes through you you can't imagine that anybody's life is really different than yours and that's what's sad about it sometimes when you're in a really bad situation sometimes it is when you're an adult that you realize that was a that was a bad situation we were in um and maybe it's god's way of protecting kids so that they are they're kind of ignorant to their circumstances But I look at life now and I see families in need and I think about it and I think I feel bad for anyone that's hungry. I feel bad for anyone that's in need. What I feel worse for are the hardworking people that have decided we're going to do it the right way. Like I said, I put myself in, in financial circumstances A number of times in my life. And so I had a price to pay because I created a situation. It's different when somebody else creates the situation or if it's outside of your control. That's the part here that we're talking about. Uh, Americans are seeing the highest Thanksgiving gasoline prices ever, ever is the headline. This year's U.S. gasoline prices on average on Thanksgiving are expected to be their highest level ever for the holiday and beat a previous record from Thanksgiving in 2012. Diesel fuel hits record price um, uh, over premium gas. While the price of gasoline is up about 14 percent this year, diesel climbed about 50 percent over the year. Now, here's a story that is But it's worth looking into because there has been a failure, in my estimation, from this administration. It's been a failure with their attack on the fossil fuel industry. President Joe Biden is proposing a plan that would require fuel suppliers to maintain a minimum amount of diesel in their inventories this winter to stave off severe shortages and prevent extreme price hikes. However, it could create a demand surge and drive up the already higher prices. The government intervention, it's so funny that what you're going to do is you are going to implement new rules and regulations and taxation and threaten a a, a profit tax and everything else, and then you're going to demand lower prices. This is the kind of government involvement that I talk about. I don't think any of this is a partisan issue. It's a philosophical issue for sure, but I don't think it's a partisan political issue. Nobody believes that there should be no regulations. We know that there are going to be regulations and should be, that rules that people abide by. But – Coming into office, promising before you took the office and then fulfilling that promise after you take office to regulate and overregulate and overregulate the fossil fuel industry, make it harder and harder for them to get financing for drilling and exploration, and then make it harder to explore, harder to drill, harder to refine. Tell them that they will be out of business by 2035 or dramatically lower in business because you're going to get rid of all of the gas-powered and diesel-powered vehicles. We're going to be battery-operated, so we will use petroleum products for other things. Things, but it won't be for fuel, and then tell them that you want them to maintain, you want them to reopen and maintain, refurbish and fix the refineries that make these fuels. It is an absolutely absurd idea that no one else on the planet would do. No one, you wouldn't do it. I wouldn't care if you're talking about billions of dollars, millions of dollars or hundreds of dollars. There is no way if, if you were told if you were told that your car, the car that you have right now, in in in, a, in six months, because we got to limit the time frame for the for the analogy, if in six months or a year your car would be obsolete and would no longer, you would be no longer be allowed to drive that vehicle on the road, no matter what, your car will be done in a year. Are you going to make major repairs? I mean, honestly, are you going to make major repairs to that car? See, no. It's a waste of money. It's going to be done in a year. Whether I fix it or not, I can't use it in a year. And that's where the problem lies with with these philosophical differences. Um, Thanksgiving costs are up 20% more this year because of inflation. And so people are running things up on their credit cards. People are climbing in debt the highest in 15 years. We are seeing more and more people in financial trouble. You know, the good news is jobs are still available. I think that's fantastic, and I hope it stays that way. Wages have gone up. That's great. But inflation has outpaced all of that. Inflation is starting to slow down. We are seeing that the Dow has responded positively to the news that although things are still getting more expensive, that inflation is not going up at the, at the pace it was before. But now, even the experts are saying that the idea that they are going to slow down the economy to bring down inflation and not trip us into a recession is almost an impossibility. And if you look at the major players out there when it comes to finances, Bezos put out a statement. Uh, a- kind of a thing to do when 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 there's an economic downturn, if that happens and when that happens, then what do we do? Because then you start seeing the limits on the jobs that are available out there. That's when you start seeing financial decline. But no matter what you call it, recession, whatever it is that you call it, when people are hurting like they are now, it is demoralizing. I've, I've talked about hope so many times that when you are hopeless, that's when people give up. And when there's light at the end of the tunnel, you keep going. You know, when you're swimming and you can see the shore, you keep swimming. It's when you've given up hope, when you think you've got no shot, that hopeless feeling, especially when you've been doing the right thing, is what I want to avoid in this country. I'm very hopeful about America. I always have been. I always will be. I don't agree with the policies of this administration at all in almost every level. But – As Americans, our economy is still going to thrive. The American people are still going to be entrepreneurs. They are still going to work hard. We are still going to be innovative. We are still going to get ahead. We are still going to succeed as a nation. I believe that about who we are. There will be political changes. There have been political pendulum swings. Look in, Think about your lifetime. I'll I'll tell you my lifetime and my memories of what the world was like. I watched Richard Nixon resign from office and Gerald Ford take the office. I watched Gerald Ford lose the election to Jimmy Carter. I watched Jimmy Carter lose the next election after four years to Ronald Reagan. So the downturn of the 1970s that was caused by the bad policies of Jimmy Carter, excellent human being, bad president, caused the the pendulum to swing in the other direction. We got eight years of Reagan, followed by four years of George H.W. Bush. No new taxes. Taxes were put in place. What happened? We got eight years of Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton gave us George W. Bush. George W. Bush gave us Barack Obama. Barack Obama gave us Donald Trump. Donald Trump gave us Joe Biden. We see this pendulum swing politically back and forth. And what's the one common thing that's happened? The American people continue to persevere. So I'm hopeful, but that doesn't mean that people aren't hurting. And that's what we should be focused on. Let's help each other get through these tough times. And let's make sure we vote the right way, whatever that is for you, so that better days are ahead. In a moment, we're going to talk about the former president, Donald Trump, making an announcement yesterday for a run for election again. Is this a good idea? And can he succeed? We'll talk about both next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Big announcement last night. Former President Trump uh, at Mar-a-Lago was carried uh, almost its an entirety by Fox News. Other uh, cable news networks kind of dipped into it. Here's what it sounded like. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Now, there is already this. The fact that this is such a big deal a nationwide tells you that Donald Trump still has a lot of pull with people one way or the other. Some people he pulls in a direction of euphoria. Other people he pulls in a in a in a a direction of of depression. There are challenges for the former president now that he didn't have. and, And there are also benefits. But there are challenges he didn't have in 2016 that he is going to have. In running for reelection now. One is the alienation of a lot of people in the Republican Party. I think first and foremost, yes, it is about independent voters and trying to get them to your side. But they have alienated a a chunk of Republican voters with some of the things that have been said and done. And I have tried to and I'm not I'm not perfect by any means. I've tried to walk the line of respecting people that I disagree with, uh, especially especially when it comes to election denial because I know people that deny that the election – that believe the election was stolen that are good people. The problem is what the Trump administration, what the former president has done and some of his surrogates have done is that anybody that doesn't agree with election denial is cast, is cast out. Um, there are – and this is a real thing inside of Arizona politics. Um, it was one of those things you didn't want to talk about. I don't care because I'm not running for an office. I'm not beholden to anyone. But if I had put my heart and soul into a campaign, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. If you say you're an election denier, you will have a very difficult time attracting independent voters, getting independent money, and winning a campaign in a general election. If you don't say you're an election denier, you don't have a chance in a primary. That's the way it went. That was – That was the indicator of whether you are a viable candidate or not. It was the deal breaker. And it shouldn't have been. It should not have been. When the former president criticizes our governor, when he goes after Governor Ducey and uh, has a significant number of people um, angry, what's funny about this is all of the people that have been criticized by the former president, and who knows, he may, he may have learned his lesson. His speech was measured last night. The things he had to say were very measured and tempered. And if he remains that way, he may win the nomination. I don't know. But what are the chances that happens? If you go back and look at some of the things that happened. Our governor, um, for whatever reason, during COVID-19, the former president had our governor at the White House for a press conference in which he thanked Governor Ducey for his hard work and the job that he is doing. He intentionally brought our governor, not a bunch of people, and he was one of them, our governor there to compliment him on the great work he is doing. The governor certified the election. All of a sudden, he's outcast. Um, Rusty Bowers in the state legislature, speaker of the house, outcast. Clint Hickman, county board of supervisors, outcast. I've talked about this many times. Clint Hickman was had a rally for President Trump, where President Trump called him out by name and thanked him for the hard work he's doing. If you, you have got to be able to get those people back. You can't, you can't believe that just because you don't like what they've done, that that means everybody is ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think that was a major mistake by the former president. And can he return those people? You know, listen, he lost Arizona by 10,000 votes. 10,000 votes. But he also came to, before the former, before uh, the late Senator John McCain passed away, they didn't like each other. And I'll be honest with you. I liked both of them. I voted for Trump twice. I was close friends with McCain. I felt like a a child caught in a horrible divorce. I just wish the two of them would be nice to each other. You know, that's how I felt. But they didn't like each other. But the former president went on to say Horrible things about John McCain even after his death and it alienated a lot of loyal people because whether you liked John McCain or you didn't, there are many people that have fond memories of John McCain that the phrase McCain Republicans is not an insult to them and it had become an insult within the Arizona Republican Party. And if you want to win elections, you're going to need those people on the team. That's the danger in a primary. This transcends the primary. But the danger in a primary is it becomes so vitriolic between candidates that the winning candidate can't mend the fences fast enough to bring all of the team back together. So will the former president drop the 2020 election denial? Will he go out to people like, well, Governor Ducey won't be in office anymore, but will he go out to people like that, that he has alienated, that he's going to need on the team? Is he going to mend fences with McCain voters in Arizona by at least leaving it alone? Those are all major questions. And we're going to have two years, two years in order to figure that out. And it should be interesting to see how which direction this goes. There are already a lot of people around this country that are choosing DeSantis over Trump, and they got very upset when the former president cast insults toward Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis. And so this should be an interesting ride for the Republican Party Um, heading in that direction um, is interesting in a moment, it's a conversation about the border and what's happening with Yuma families and national security that you're not going to believe. We'll discuss it next. Strong. Values and strong opinions the Mike Broomhead show KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app I want to invite you to subscribe to the Mike Broomhead show podcast it's simple to do on any device you have you'll never miss a minute of the show and this week I want to thank my friend Carol Royce Caldwell Williams Realty East Valley for sponsoring the podcast get a higher price selling your home and guaranteed offers by going to higherprice.com that's higherprice.com this headline I've seen a lot of headlines that to me are infuriating but this one it bothers me more than most and what's interesting about it is, it is it is about the border. And I said earlier, I talked about this earlier. It's also about the failure of the primary responsibility of our government. Private border security. Yuma families are forced to hire armed guards amid migrant surge, local officials say. Let me read that again. Private border security. Yuma families forced to hire armed security guards amid migrant surge, local officials say. I kind of ranted about this earlier. The primary responsibility of the federal government is national security, national defense, and national security. The borders are the primary responsibility of our government, and they have failed miserably. But this is the practical application of that. I've talked before about the the um, the Black Lives Matter movement, the Defund the Police movement, which I disagreed with because I, it does the opposite of what the intended um, – Results are the intended results are to have safer neighborhoods and less police officers have have less safe, less safe neighborhoods. That's just obvious. If you want a better rapport between people and the police that po- that patrol that community, you have to have more officers. You have to have better training, and the only way you can have better training is to have enough officers that you can pull. Officers out of service so that they can train. I want you to think of how a military squad works together, how a platoon, a squad, a platoon, and a company, how they train together. Sometimes they will train in individual groups, but then they ultimately are training together. And it is so that one can rely on the other, so that one can figure out what the other is doing. I use sports analogies all the time. You know that in the off season, quarterbacks bring their receivers, and they are out, you know, on their own, and they're working on things so that they understand what each other sees, and therefore they know how each other is going to react when it matters on the on the playing field. They do that on the battlefield with the military. They they train, and then they have inter, you know, inter uh, um, of the service training where the Navy and the Marines and the Navy and the Army and the Air Force, they train together and they want to make sure that everybody understands what each other is going to do. When it comes to policing here in Phoenix and other places, they are so dramatically understaffed that you cannot take a squad of officers off the street at a time and have that squad train together. You get a situation of a barricade. You get, a, you get an active shooter situation and your your squad, your the precinct you work in, you are the first ones on the scene. You don't think that you need to have some level of training together to know how each other are going to respond when it happens? Well, the only way to do those things and maintain safe streets and the epitome of training is to be able to have squads of officers be able to pulled off the, be pulled off the street and another squad of officers to fill in for them while they go and train. That gives you the optimal chance, the optimum chance of having well-trained in their responses to what's happening in front of them. Not less officers, more. And when you look at the failure there, one of the stories today was out of a county in California that put a notification out, a public notice out saying, we will no longer in our sheriff's office have daytime patrols. Basically, to the community, you're on your own. Now, imagine if that came to Arizona. Imagine if the short staffing was at such a a level in Maricopa County in the Sheriff's Office that Sheriff Penzone had to put out a notification telling the people of Maricopa County, we will no longer have daytime patrols from the Sheriff's Office. What would that do to the more outlying areas, the more rural areas where the Sheriff's Office only patrols? The, The town of Fountain Hills doesn't have a police department. They rely on the Sheriff's Office. They pay for a Sheriff's Office patrol. Imagine if that were to stop those are the kinds of things in public safety at the local level public safety is the primary responsibility of a government and it expands outward from the cities to the counties to the states to the federal government and when you have a headline and you have people in yuma saying we are hiring armed security guards because people are coming over the border in waves and some of them are on our property some of them are coming in our homes they are threatening and we're afraid. That's that's unacceptable in America. All the other things are still true about an immigration system that we can be proud of. All of the things I've said before are true. This is unacceptable when it comes to the border. The, the amount of drugs that's crossing the border. And people keep saying, I, I always get the message from people, I'm misleading people by talking about the open border because most of the fentanyl is coming in through ports of entry. It's an absurd thing to say. Yes, it is. It's because we don't have the CBP agents or the ICE agents to do a thorough enough search at the points of entry because they are all in these other places and they're processing people. They are not processors. They're law enforcement officers. And we don't have control of the border. The cartels, there was a story today that the cartels have such power. Um, and I think it was Puerto Vallarta. It might have been Acapulco. I don't know. But um, there was a resort town in Mexico, which they are known for their beautiful resort towns, where people were on the beach and four tortured bodies washed up on shore. Four bodies tortured, washed up on shore. So. We've done nothing to limit the control of the cartels or the power of the cartels, but now look what's happening And a prosperous and safe Mexico only does good things for all of North America. It only does good things for America and for Canada in the USMCA that was agreed upon, a prosperous, safe Mexico. That's one part of it. But now we're talking about people crossing our border and threatening Americans and with their calling in private security. So I, I respectfully say to the people that when they point at the border or they hear me talk about it, that they immediately talk about the, the human plight. And I, I agree with you. I would say to you the vast majority of people that are crossing the border are desperate people that just need a, a better life for them and for their children. I would agree with you. You got my concession on that now let's address what the other groups are doing and how you stop one and not the other the answer is you can't so unless you have an orderly fashion unless you have a secure border or you know what's going to be as secure as possible once you have a secure border then you can start sifting through the good and the bad but until then you're going to have the good with the bad crossing our border illegally applying for asylum And this is where the failures of this administration shine brighter than any place else. This is where we as Americans have to stand up and say it's not Republican. It's not Democrat. As I always say, it's not right and left. It's right and wrong. And this is wrong. It doesn't matter if they're Republicans or Democrats in Yuma that are feeling as if their homes are being invaded. Their privacy certainly is. Their private property certainly is. We're not talking about people lining up the border fence and it's just something that is difficult to deal with. We're talking about people entering other people's property or homes so much so that they're hiring, they're hiring armed security. How does anybody in Arizona say that that's not an abysmal failure? And, and with all due respect, I, I would love to find out, and I, I don't know why I can't, I would love to find out from Senator Kelly and from Senator Cinema what they're going to do about it. We've heard them talk about the failures on the border. How can this not be one of the biggest failures on the border? Maybe we'll get a statement. Now, I don't think either one's going to come on the show. We've asked a hundred times and they haven't yet. But maybe we'll get a press release. Maybe we'll get a statement from them on this. But this is this goes too far. This goes way too far. When you're hiring private security, when the federal government is failing to that degree, it's embarrassing. All right, what we're going to do in a moment is uh, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. How much financial benefit do we actually get in this valley from the Super Bowl? We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, Pink is headed to Chase Field for her summer carnival tour featuring Brandy Carlio and, and the group Love on October 9th. Tickets go on sale next Monday. But you could win a pair of tickets and find out more details by going to the contest page at KTAR.com. So I, this, I had an interest in this because this is a great topic for me. It's one of those areas that people argue about. And I like the conversation. And it's the value of having the sports teams here in the Valley. Uh, it's it's the value of having State Farm Stadium in the West Valley. What part of the Valley wins? Some cities poised to reap big economic benefits from Super Bowl. Um, I will tell you that I am a huge proponent of these things. I I think we do things that add to our community, uh, and it adds to the culture, and it does. Now the Cardinals are underperforming. There's no doubt about that. I am a season ticket holder. The Diamondbacks have underperformed, but I was here in 2001 when they won the World Series. I was here when the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl. Um, I remember watching Super Bowls, um, not in the stadium, but watching Super Bowls back at ASU, at Sun Devil Stadium. Um, you talk about national championship games and the uh, the Fiesta Bowl that goes on out at, out at the uh, stadium, at State Farm Stadium. They've had WrestleMania. They've had other things. So that stadium itself, I want to talk specifically about the Super Bowl in a moment. But the Chamber of Commerce moments that happen – When this is going on, understanding. So and you look at uh, uh, let me shift from just the Super Bowl to also the Waste Management Phoenix Open. As many of you know, there's an organization called the Thunderbirds that puts on the Waste Management Phoenix Open, and it's known as the biggest party in sports. It is one of the most attended uh, sporting events in North America, maybe even in the world. And it's an amazing event that happens, and it's so Arizona centric. And the party is the story. Until you dig a little deeper and see that that organization, the Thunderbirds that put that on, raised millions and millions and millions of dollars for charities – around the state of Arizona. They fund and they operate in the uh, Special Olympics in Arizona, all the other things they do. Well, our governor is a Thunderbird. Uh, governor Ducey is a Thunderbird. And the Waste Management Phoenix Open has been used in the past as a way to commiserate and talk with CEOs and barons of industry. And it's been used as an opportunity to showcase the greatness of Arizona and entice business to come here. Same with Super Bowl governor is able to do that his team of people the chamber of commerce it is a tool that is used to show the greatness and the opportunity here in Arizona so it transcends just the money that's brought in we understand that whenever the super bowl or big events are happening in town let's focus on state farm stadium there are always cameras the blimps are out there but there are cameras up on south mountain and showing the beauty of the valley at a time of year where a majority of the country have, or a big chunk of the country is under snow and ice we're wearing t-shirts that's Chamber of Commerce stuff, man. You can't. You can't. What price do you put on that? That exposure. So I am a huge proponent of, of having the sports teams here. The other part of this is also the charitable outreach. When you look and look at all the organizations, it, it, let's start with the Coyotes and the charitable organization that they are and what they've done to put um, put ice rinks up around and the other things they do to be charitable in the community. You look at Diamondback charities, and and one of the great stories I've heard about charitable giving was from Derek Hall, the president of the Diamondbacks. Derek I recall told a story on my show one time saying he was working for the Dodgers organization in the minor leagues, and they had an internal fundraiser where they were raising money in-house. And the owner of the of the Dodgers came up to him and said, you haven't given anything into this. Or, into this. And he said – and I'm, I may be paraphrasing, but I think it's an exact quote. He said, well, I'm sorry, sir, but you don't pay me a whole lot. And the guy said, well, then don't give a whole lot. And he said that lived with him, that there's always something you can give. And that's kind of been the attitude of, of Diamondback Charities, the Phoenix Suns and Suns Charities, and what they've given over the years. It's amazing. So this transcends what they do on the court. Cardinals Charities and the things that they have done for families and individuals and causes. This is such an asset to the Valley. Now, the, the cherry on this, this Sunday is Super Bowl. The millions and millions of dollars it's going to bring in, the barons of business from around the world, people that come from around the world that can see the beauty of Arizona in this valley that are looking to buy those luxury homes or bring their businesses here. You look at the small and big businesses that are going to benefit from this, from hotels to restaurants to all of these other vendors that are going to benefit greatly. And I, I don't know how we can even argue about the um, the – viability of having these sports franchises here and people talk about the expense of a stadium and everything else well i can guarantee you this state farm stadium is paid for itself over and over and over and over again with the events that have been in that stadium and so when you this is that class warfare that's always bothered me a little bit it's like well they're billionaires let them build their own stadium okay let them build their own stadium but They're not going to because someone will. And when someone does, those teams go away. Now, when a team's not performing well or it's not your thing, it's not a sport that you attend and you think, well, what do we need it for? I just told you what we need it for. It is the money they bring in. It is the charitable giving that they do. You know, the Diamondbacks build Little League fields all across the state of Arizona that they have the named after players where players of teams were involved in spending of their own money along with the Diamondbacks money to put Little League fields. Across the state. Now, my family, uh, my, my daughters live in Buckeye with their children right near the park, the Little League Field, the Craig Council Little League Field out there. And, you know, now Buckeye is growing into a, a, a cool little town. But for a long time, that was the shining star. That was the shining star out there if you wanted to do something with your family was that park. And that's just the little pieces of what those organizations do. The Super Bowl is a, is an amazing event. It absolutely is an event, and it brings great attention to Arizona that we sure could use. After the election we just had, after the other things that have gone on, isn't it time for people to see what you and I both know, that this is a fantastic place to live, that this is a great place to raise your children. This is a great place to start and run a business, and these events showcase that to more people than you can even imagine. I just thought this story was terrific. If you want to take a look, and it's from the Business Journal. What part of the valley wins? Some cities poised to reap big economic benefits. It's a great read if you want to check it out. Coming up just after 11 o'clock, we'll shift back to the economy. We'll talk about the expense of Thanksgiving, but we also are going to talk about your opportunity to help out organizations and that word or that phrase I always use, intentional giving. We'll talk about all of it next.